I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong, where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. What's up, First Gen Lounge fam? Or let me correct that, the First Gen Lounge fam, because there is no other like us anywhere in the world, right? We're special. We are in the lounge. We're kicking it. So it is always fun when you get to reconnect with people. And when you get to see individuals evolve and blossom and just really become the best version of who they are. And what I'm most excited about today is the guest that's on the show. I'm always excited because like we out here, we're doing stuff and like we dope first gens or we dope, we dope. But the person who's with us today is actually one of my classmates from high school. Like we go back, like way back. And it's somebody who I reconnected with like recently and we talked and hit it off and I'm just like sometimes I'm thinking like dang why weren't we friends in school like why are we like closer but we had a little age gap there a little, little age gap but to say the least great personality just all around good people and I think that y'all are gonna love him because I adore him his name is DeThorn Young the DeThorn Young if y'all know and he's with us today DeThorn Hey, hey, what's hey, up? Hey, 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 hello, Eve, and hello, the first gen lounge. Thank you guys so much for having me on the show today. Really, really glad that you're here. Like, for real, for real, real glad that you're here because you are just, you are a dope person. And Aww. I am just, I'm in awe of how you have evolved. And I say that because who you are now is who I knew. X amount of years ago in the way that you're always just real down to earth and just outgoing, you're vibrant. And it's hard to find that kind of energy in people because people just be so out of it these days. I don't know how to to say it, but you know what I'm saying. You know, know, we're all unique in our own individualistic ways. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But the energy matters, right? Because people naturally gravitate toward you. And that's something, like I said, since high school, since we was like youngins, like what we full grown now but it's it's really cool you know what you're doing and i mean you're out in la now like i am in the city of los angeles as they say you know i'm out here trying to be of a light to illuminate the the path Mm. for those that want to elevate themselves i see that well you let's i do want to you know just because we're jumping into it the thorn tell us about who you are and I mean come on you from like Charlotte like how did you end up in LA and where have you gone to school like all the great things about you that everybody need to know oh my gosh so ooh, if I could sum my, my life up so let's give you guys a, a, a recap of my roller coaster life so I'm as Eve said I am originally from Charlotte North Carolina 704 born and raised as Eve said, we actually met at the Harry P. Harding University High School. H-U-H-U-H-U. Hey! Hey, okay, so yes! <laughs> I 
attempted to be a cheerleader in high school, although that was a hashtag fail. I then went on to illustrious, you know, look, I went to HBCU, so you know, for anyone who went to go to HBCU, you know, we always had to throw illustrious in front of our school. You know, I went to the illustrious Howard University, illustrious Howard University, where I was a cheerleader then for, you know, that big blue bison. To kind of give you guys a recap, as I said, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. After Charlotte, I actually did go to SC State for a moment. And then I was at SC State and I was just really not academically being challenged. And for me, I've always dreamed big. And I knew that if I didn't like it in North Carolina, I surely was not going to like it in South Carolina. So I ended up transferring to Howard University the second semester of my freshman year of 2004. I started January 2004, and that's when I started my Howard journey. I I really won't go into the Howard story right now, but after Howard, I actually had some time to live in China. I lived abroad where I taught English at a college there for some time. After that, I transitioned back into D.C., where I started my career in the finance industry, particularly financial services. Worked my way up the ladder, and then at the age of 30, I became a assistant vice president with Capital One Bank. And here I was, like, at the peak of my career, making or earning six figures, you know, had this great team that I was leading, yet the quality of my life was so horrible. My relationships were failing, they were poor, just the overall quality of my life, I was just completely unhappy. I felt inadequate. Uh, I felt like I didn't have any meaning. So long story short, one day I basically resigned from the company that I was working with, made the decision to travel abroad. I moved to Cape Town, South Africa, where I had the opportunity to return back to school where I worked on a, a course called Strategic Brand Communication because I really understood the power of branding and just identity, especially with social media, how social media plays a such a huge role in all of our lives. Everyone's so attached to their phones. And I just saw the importance of technology and identity. So I just really wanted to capitalize on that time, one, to develop and grow. And then secondly, being in school allowed me to stay there <laughs> for quite some time. Whereas just being a visitor, I would have only been there maybe like 30, 60 days Mm -hmm. where I was there for an extended period of time to just really embrace life and go on this soul searching journey of what DeThorne and who DeThorne was. And then at the end of that journey of living in South Africa, I actually moved back to New York because at the time, you know, as I said, I started off in D.C. and my the financial industry took me up to New York. So I moved back to New York and I thought that I was going to have a job opportunity indeed. And that opportunity actually failed. Hmm. And long story short, I had to transition and lived in a homeless shelter for quite some time. And after that, that was when I made the decision to move to L.A. And after moving to L.A., I was working for a firm for maybe a few weeks. And I was like, you know what? What I've been doing, what has made me so successful all these years, I can go out and do this for myself. And long story short, in 2000 and this is 2020, so 2018, 2018, 
I made the decision to fight for my freedom and go out here and really transform and change lives. So that's what brought me into who I am today. You know, we can't skip over something you just said because I'm over here like, you what? You live in a homeless shelter? Oh my gosh, Eve. So there was like... You just slid that, you slid that out in there like, we're not going to skip over that. Good. What? Yeah, so yeah, I actually lived in a homeless shelter for a year um, mm. with, with rodents, with... I lived in poverty. I lived around drugs. I've I've never understood the magnitude and the power of mental and emotional health until I was in that environment because not only am I dealing with, you know, rats and rodents, I'm actually dealing with safety issues as well because Mm -hmm. the environment that I was living in, there were a lot of drug users, particularly those people. I never knew what like methadone was and all that other stuff until like I was in that environment where I quickly had to, you know, be agile, adapt, and, and learn how to, I guess, not only survive, but be able to thrive when you're in an environment like that. Because truth is, life is going to happen to all of us. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's, it happens to more than others, but I look at it as your story. So, yeah, I've had like really many highs and lows. And I guess that's why I love doing what I do because truth is not everyone has the resilience and the courage to face life the way that i i do and i'm uh just grateful for that resilience and the values that i hold because values matter no doubt about that and what i want to do is thank you for your transparency and your courage to put that out there about yourself because it is a part of your story but we as people and I would say especially the people of color have so much shame in our failure. We have so much shame, you know, in when things don't work out, I don't want to tell anybody about it. I only want them to see the good things. And especially for you to be a black man and to say, this is where I was and this is what happened to me. And I'm still here and I'm okay is necessary. But that even leads me to, to have this question for you because again, you are a Howard University graduate. Come on, like, the HBCUs, right? And there's this, I don't want to say this this stigma, but there is this thing that all Howard grads do great. And it's not to say that you haven't and that you didn't, because come on, you not only live in DC, which is one of my one of my favorite cities as well, like Chocolate City. You live there, you lived in China, you lived in South Africa, came back and moved to New York, and now you're in LA. So it's not like you're moving to little, you know, little towns and doing little things, you have really been moving. Your career has been pushing you forward. How did you bounce back from that? Because, you know, outside looking in, you got it all. You out here making moves, you doing it. And then how you end up in the homeless shelter? How do you deal with that? And what do you say to someone who may even be going through that right now? Mm. So one of the reasons that I'm so happy that we were able to reconnect Eve is because as a first generational graduate, I understand the I understand the burden that you feel when you have to feel that you have to carry everyone with you. And I'll just be very transparent because I'm a very transparent person for me. My family has always been a trigger for me because I I dream big. And growing up in North Carolina, unfortunately, 
people like to confine themselves and not think outside the box. And one of the reasons I've made the moves that I've made is particularly for my family. But just to keep you guys on track is I just understand as a first generational graduate, the burden that it feels, the need, or you, you feel that you have to carry the burden for everyone else. That's not your responsibility. And when I identify, assess, and I guess exterminated what I was feeling, I was able to identify it's not about the profits because for so long I had chased the money, getting the bag, getting the money. But right. when that's magnified by 150 plus thousand dollars per year, yeah, your, your perspective changes. And it's kind of like when you have this money, you have this lifestyle, but the quality isn't there. It just makes your perspective and your values change. So for me, I shifted from profit to purpose to mm-hmm. intention to to impact so that's what really changed and that hopefully could be a piece of information that could help someone mm. thank you for that because I think when it gets dark for folks it's easy to not see the light right mm-hmm. and it's also easy to have your mindset on the wrong things and as you said you had to also look at it and realize it wasn't about profits it was purpose Mm -hmm. and that shifts everything because I think it's also healing for folks to understand that the bigger picture may not mean a fatter pocket but it means the work that you would put on this earth to do absolutely so I think through all the things that you've shared there have been a lot of I mean I'm just imagining and I know we talked before but just a lot of identity discoveries and shifting and and transformations for you because again you've experienced the world in a way that I'm not going to say a lot of first gens don't experience it but again after college you just took off and you also said something that I thought was really fascinating how your family is is one of those things for you that is a, a pain point because I don't think that we often admit that again not openly I'm like that's bold you bold out here today and then the other thing is, I think that's the question some people would ask. Well, why don't you just call your family? Why don't you just call somebody your family? So thank you for addressing those things because it's the truth for a lot of folks. Yeah. And you know, I was just going to say, you know, I know that that may it, it's bold yet. Quite honestly, Eve, like that's my truth. And like that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't come from a family that could give me the financial or the emotional support that I needed, you know? And that's completely okay because you just have to learn how to love people in their love language, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's again, like, it's not your responsibility to be responsible for everyone else's, you know, reactions or their response. It's only, it's only your responsibility, again, to really create and learn and define your own personal identity and your place in society. Mm. I'm with that. Do you ever, or I mean, do you ever expect I me? Mean, how have you healed from that though? Because some people never heal, they never get over it. Oh my gosh. I would definitely say, look, I'll say I'm in the healing process because again, the biggest thing for me to to really swallow is, is, is one, it's a difference when you, you haven't demonstrated or you haven't necessarily taught someone how to express or to, you can't expect someone to respond or react to you, but you can demonstrate, hey, this is how you should treat me. 
it's completely fine to say, hey, that hurt my feelings. This is a better way that I thought you could have approached it from my perspective. Mm. Um, and oftentimes, you know, some people don't come from families that offer that. And unfortunately, that just wasn't the environment that I grew up in. So once I realized that, again, you know, my mindset, not only did my mindset shift, but that's when the healing process, you know, began to take place. And I don't know if it will ever be a place like where you're like fully, fully healed, because I feel like we always want that love for my family. However, it's also important to invest into foreign people who are willing to pour back into you. Mm-hmm. Standing ovation. I'm, I'm going to get up and make me clap up in here. Like, oh my gosh, like, did you really say that? Like, but you just like said your that. truth, it just, it is what it is. And, and again, that's not everybody's experience, but that was just Thorne's experience. And I understand, and I know that there are people out there who don't have that emotional, the financial mm-hmm or mm-hmm. just the, the, the resourceful aspect at all. I didn't have anyone mm-hmm. I could call and say, oh my gosh, I got kicked out of Howard. You know, can you send me some money, you know, so I could find somewhere to stay? I didn't have that. It was always figure it out, figure it out, mm-hmm. take a step back, assess the situation. And again, you create a system and something that will benefit for you. Mm. And I know I you know, kind of got excited. I jumped ahead of myself, but I want to go back to what I was touching on about identity as well. How have you been discover who the thorn is through all of this? Because again, outside looking in, you know, just hear, hearing what you're saying, it's like, that was a lot to go through. Oh my and God. it was just, and it was just you like, and so we all need to belong like this, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that basic need is belonging. Mm. And here you are, without the family structure that, you know, most people look at as ideal and you're figuring out yourself and your life and you in and out the country, <laughs> you know, you live right. in these big cities and doing all these, I mean, to me, really amazing things. How did you get to know yourself or what did you start learning about yourself through these things? I like to call them magical moments. And, mm. and I call them magical moments because the reason that I became so, I guess, energized about you know, just personal power and uh, personal identity is because from at a very young age, I always knew who I was. Hence the reason that I knew that I didn't want to stay in North Carolina, that South Carolina State just was not acceptable. And it just Mm -hmm. wasn't up to my standard, the reason that I went to Howard University. I knew that from a very young age that I knew who I was and I knew that I was going to go places. I didn't necessarily know how... (laughs) But I just knew that I would and I and I would and I just made it happen. And, you know, all those who are just struggling with their identity, I always just say, go back to those magical moments, those moments that always brought you joy. But then I would also say, go back and look at those magical moments that brought you pain. And I'll just speak to my own story. The re- one of the ways that I became so in tune with my own true purpose is because again I've always had a lot of situations that try to dim my light however I've always been that coach I've always been that cheerleader you know even for me being a cheerleader from you know the collegiate standard me cheering on the team me just always been Mm. a supporter a fan of someone else so when I started to look at all those magical moments 
it started to a, a theme started to happen, and that theme was always motivation, inspiration, and I was constantly transforming, constantly. Tra- I was always creating and trans, creating, ideating, and transforming, and it was through again through those magical moments that I had that waha your purpose your identity has always been there again it's just about putting all the different pieces and the components together Hmm. so thinking about the work that you do now as you are a transformational speaker you are a coach you are a consultant how do you take your story and pull the strategies to teach others about how to step into their own light and so if I were to come to one of your workshops or one of your sessions what could I expect to get be it that it's even through the creative thinking you know the identity development the leadership can you tell us what that looks like when it comes to working with you oh my goodness I always say a session with me is just kind of like life it's, it's great and grace. Mm-hmm. And I say that it's grit because in grit, you have to have gratitude, resilience, integrity, and tenacity. And in life, as I said, it's going to happen to each and every one of us. It's just the type of grace and dignity that you choose to manage or deal with that situation. So if you came and worked with DeThorne Young, it would definitely be high energetic. You will feel supported. You will feel valued. You will also be given the tools and the knowledge that you need to bring in the harmony of autonomy and authority. And yeah, for me, working with me is definitely a provoke yourself environment where Mm -hmm. I'm going to challenge you to really think outside the box. And a lot of what I do, it just goes back to the creative thinking space. That's why I really love doing what I do because it just helps changes perspectives. And for me, I'm on a mission to really raise the collective consciousness of planet Earth. So mm, raise up the, the creative consciousness of planet Earth. Yeah. Never heard it put that way before. Because it's deeper than just a people. It's the people. Correct. And to have that kind of vision for yourself, knowing where you come from, that's something special. Thank you. You're welcome. Because I think about the fact, I mean, you're a first-generation college graduate. You had the joy of being kicked out of Howard and going back <laughs> and finishing. You know, you right. are, the, like I said, the joy. You caught the, yeah, the joy of, because it's like, this is Howard. But, and, and to think about, again, you being a first-generation college graduate, you being a black male, the story for you has been one that it's a winding road. But to believe that you can pick yourself up and to believe that you still land on your feet and then now you're in L.A. And I emphasize living in the city. Here's the reason why living in the city is not easy. Oof, it not is expensive. more expensive. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's expensive. <laughs> it's not expensive. It's an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. those checks do not hit your bank account the same way that, that bi-weekly salary hit. You know, Hello. You're backed by an employer, you know, be grateful. Be grateful. <laughs> even, even even in those dark times when you're like, oh, I just don't want to be here again. Just look at your 
your employer as a investment in your happiness because it's paying your rent. It may be paying a credit card bill. It may be putting food in your tummy, whatever it is. It's an investment in something in your life that you could find gratitude in. So to all those struggling in the workforce, like I get it, but that's one thing that, you know, I would do differently. What do you mean? Is, you know, when I decided to leave Capital One was I had a plan and a plan and a plan. But what happens when all of your plans fail? Mm. And then I ended up in the homeless shelter. So Mm. I always just say, have a backup plan to your backup plan to your backup plan. Mm. Yeah, because we tend to have one or two, right? Or one backup plan for the plan. That I think that's really good sound advice. And then you brought up the aspect of entrepreneurship. Because uh, again, here you are in one of the most expensive cities in the country, Ooh. if not the most expensive city in the country. Because <laughs> I've had a few friends that move out that way. And I'm just like, I don't know how you did it. Because I'm like, Mm-mm, I ain't doing that. But saying that to also say that you decided to be an entrepreneur in L.A. And I know there's a lot of opportunity there. But as much as there's opportunity, there's also room for failure because you got to make it. You got to feed yourself. You got to eat. What have you done since we've been so real today? What have you done to just make sure that you keep your head above water and not get back to the same situation you were in in New York? Ooh, you guys, again, my my mentality and my intention has changed. Hmm. The difference between the thorn now to the thorn what five years ago when I like left is each day I wake up with purpose, with intention, with design. I literally have a a morning routine that I have morning practice that I do. I have midday breaks followed by end of day celebrations. Hmm. All things that keep the thorn focused, determined, and just on track to really create impact and contribution. So for me, some of the things that, you know, I I just say this, some people have the option to say, oh, you know, I'll decide if I want to become an entrepreneur. But for me, I think that this was just more so like God's calling. It's like, Mm. it's not about Mm. you. This is what you're going to do for me. And you're going to use your talents and your gifts to do this magnificent job that I know you're going to do for me. So for me, just using my talents, my abilities and my gifts, the ability to build a creative mind or to build resilience and leadership teams when I do corporate coaching or consulting, that just all goes back to my own personal testimony, my story of not dimming your light for the Mm -hmm. convenience of others. But how did you know? Like, did it just hit you? Did you just feel it? Because, you know, um, you and I... No. So I think that the, it hit me. Mm-hmm. Here's a part of my story where I'll try to recap and be very short. But in 2017, when I decided to move to California, at that time, I had brought my partner with me. And unfortunately, after two months of us being here, that relationship went sour, like lemonade sour, with lime juice in it, with like no sugar can, no sugar, no nothing. Like it was sour, sour, sour to where it actually, as a result of it going sour, ended me three days in jail. Mm. And sitting mm. in a LA County jail cell with a blue suit on with my whole like get up. Uh, mm. Even from the underwear. Me Wait a minute. 
the full regalia? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I said yeah, the full regalia, like, Lord, I, mean, I guess. Like I'm such an academic. Peanut butter jelly sandwiches, like the orange no juice. No way. Yeah, it was like extremely cold. Like I'm in there with some of the most like killers, like LA killers, like you know, mm. like this is like real. And I'll just say this. I'll just say sitting in the pain, sitting in the frustration, sitting in the confusion, the disappointment, the fears, and the shame. It was that experience to which it helped me identify my purpose. Mm. After I got out of jail, I remember sitting on my couch. I was living in downtown Long Beach, looking out of my big bay windows. And mm. I remember sitting on my couch and I heard the like an ambulance and a police siren go off. And like my body like went into shock. Like I was just like shaking and then I had to start crying and tears was rolling down my face. And it was like, this is like real life trauma. But like just throwing like this isn't you. Like where are you supposed to be pulling from this? And before this like conversation, I had been having this like one-on-one with God. Cause you know, God is like my homeboy. I'd be like, yo, what up G? Like, this is what I need from you today. Like <laughs> we're popping. Like, you know, we have that relationship. So before this aha moment of, oh my gosh, transformational coach like coaching people elevating inspiring motivating i had been asking god like what am i supposed to be doing with my life like i just don't understand like I'm, i left this firm again like now i'm out here coaching but like what am i supposed to be coaching to exactly and then it was from my deepest moment of me being traumatized from being arrested in a jail cold cell for three days I feel like, you know, they say a jail is a place that's supposed to rehabilitate people. Yeah, it doesn't, unfortunately. And I could have been, I could have been a part of that system. Hmm. I just thank God, I guess, for my mindset and my previous experiences. It just taught me, it lets, I guess it gave me a reinforcement to like let me know that I was going to be okay. So it was through that experience of literally being arrested, being lost, being abandoned, and, and hmm. being alone, that I finally took the courage to accept my offering, to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going hmm. to do it without giving notice or asking for permission. I'm going to do this. Hmm. So you got me for, for a lot of reasons, and it's it's one of those, again, not only have you been at the top, but you've been at the bottom. Right. And to go from, you know, because I'm because I, I, I like to talk about the adversity. I love mm. to talk about the adversity to go from homeless in New York to locked up in L.A. Mm. Oh, my God. And the song to live and die in L.A. I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to go check that one out. And I'm hearing that. But then for you to say, but in all of that, I realized my purpose. And it was in the moment of of trial mm. that I embraced it and then I'm sitting here listening to you tell me that you're in this in Long Beach so I'm thinking beautiful sunny California and I'm imagining this apartment in downtown I'm looking at the water with you I could see it mm-hmm. and like you painted the picture so well for me and it's like and this pain was was giving life to my purpose and then to not be ashamed to tell about it because who wants to really admit that they have been through what you've been through? 
and trying to do or doing period what you're doing. And I say that because, again, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. And especially from a culture perspective, there's just too much shame. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you've been willing to bear all of who you are is what makes a platform like yours one that can be truly transformational because it's speaking to the heart of the people who are going through what you've been through. And I think that's why it matters that you've been so willing to be transparent with us because it allows us to not only see your darkness, but to see your light. And then for most people to keep believing because who's going to try to keep going. I've been homeless and I've been locked up and I'd have had somebody do me wrong and I ain't got no family. If I were only listening for what was negative, that was all I would hear. But yet you still here. And you're still thriving and you're still growing and traveling and doing all the things that you were put on this this earth to do, which I think is incredible because it's hard to bounce back. Let's be for real. It's hard to bounce back when life is punching you in the face, one, two, and then you don't have the support that you think you need. So then there's a jab to the stomach, (laughs) you know, and then you put your all in the people who haven't reciprocated that thing so then there's like a a kick under the feet to knock you down right so thank you for for being an example and I say that because I too have been in situations where I'm just like dang it's like this Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm gonna put myself out of this one but to know that again especially being a first generation college graduate and to be the example of I'm just having to make it on my own I I know that's what I'm enjoying the most about your story Mm -hmm. and yet you still without like I said that support because again support is so important mm-hmm. that you just still saying I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pressing man look we could talk forever forever and I would love to do that but I, I do want to know you know just a few more things you know for the family because I'm like I know I'm pretty sure there'd be a lot of questions you know as well and maybe some people is gonna reach out to you that's the hope but definitely want to know from you what are you doing now you know you talk about practices but in terms of the professional and personal development what are some of the other things that you have, like conferences that you're going to or books that you're reading or, you know, blogs that you that you're keeping up with? What are some things that you're doing to continue to grow? And, you know, how do you find those resources being that you've done so much to just guide yourself? Oh, my goodness. So for those who may not know me, let me say something about the thorn young right quick. OK, I believe I am B.O.B. And that is bougie on a budget. OK, <laughs> I believe in, in being mindful and being intentional about your finances and not just blowing everything away. So with that being said, one of the top two things, uh, my, I guess I'll do my top three things that I do to keep myself in a continuous flow of growth and development. One thing I do is I try to incorporate reading into into my day. I just try to read 20 minutes a day. The last book, ooh, the last book that I read was actually Changed by Design. It was by Tim Brown. And it's a book essentially about design thinking. Um, mm. How to really be able to, like, I guess, like solve complex problems. Mm. We're all problem solvers at the end of the day. You just got to figure out your lane. Secondly... I'm really big on conferences. So this goes back to the whole B.O.B. As I said, as an entrepreneur, each day, I'm constantly trying to figure out new ways of generating new streams of income, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the conferences that I want to attend, unfortunately, they're like tens of thousands of dollars. Like, 
I don't have twenty thousand dollars to be spending on a conference right now. In the meantime, I'll go to this local leadership conference or this local free personal development conference as a way to just one learn new information and then two be able to network and and connect with people because as living in LA, I'm still relatively new here and I don't know a lot of people. And then thirdly, I would probably say uh, a way that keeps me growing is I'm really big on like self-talk. I know this may sound silly, but I have these self-talk sessions throughout the day where in the morning, you know, I just re-emphasize and reinforce myself with like powerful affirmations and then midday I may have like a self-talk about just how I feel, what I'm proud of myself of and then at the end of the day you know that's when I celebrate myself with another small quick self-talk so I guess those would be my three things that I do for development and growth yeah I think those are really cool I'm really fascinated with the celebrate yourself every day Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool to me because I don't hear people do that. And I've been talking a lot more, especially with my husband, about celebrating oneself mm-hmm. and being okay with that. And then it doesn't have to be that it's, I'm going to wild out. I'm going to, you know, ball out even. It's just, like you said, a great self talk. And I really like the idea of the self talk because we are our, our biggest fans and biggest supporters. The people, we are the one who should love us, you know, more than anybody else. And so the fact that you even do that as though you were coaching with somebody else, you do it with yourself is for the evidence of why it's working in your life. You know, because you're not just you're practicing what you preach. And I think that that's really cool. Absolutely. And I'm also like, well, if nobody else ain't going to cheer you on, then who else going to cheer you on? You have to be your own biggest cheerleader. So for me, again, that just, it streams line into the essence of who of who I am. I've always Mm. been that big supporter. I've always been a big fan of cheer. Mm. And and all of those, I guess, adjectives that you would have of a cheerleader. So, again, it just goes back into the core essence of this Thorn Young. Absolutely. Well, the Thorn, last thing, one of my favorite questions ever, 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 ever. And I say it almost every show, but it just really is because I'm always fascinated about how people think about this. The one thing you'd leave us with to carry with us for the rest of our life, the one thought, the piece of advice, quote, whatever it is, what would that thing be? Ooh, one thing to leave the people with? Gosh, this is like so hard. I would definitely say this is like from one of like my favorite speakers. I'll try to put it into like my own words. My biggest tip for for anyone out there is to really discover your voice, to discover your story, and to really understand how to use it and how your voice and your story play together and how to use it in society as a whole. Because I feel like we don't speak on enough on our own stories. Mm. I can see that. And the more that we share our stories, the more powerful we become as people. Absolutely. Because it's through your story that you find your voice. Mm. I'll just be real brief right quick. But when I first moved to L.A., when I left the financial firm and I was like trying to generate clients, of course, I didn't have income. So I was out Ubering. And one of the reasons which helped me furthermore hone in and pinpoint what I wanted to do was because a lot of 
my conversations when picking up riders and passengers, you know, they always ask you, oh, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm just like a coach. I'm transitioning right now. And I'm like, well, what do you do? And like, they'll tell me like their careers and what they do, but the underlying pattern and the underlying theme of most of our conversations were, I don't like, I don't love my life because I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do because I don't know who I am. I just wish I knew how to communicate better. I can't communicate because I don't know who I am. And it just got my mind thinking too in 2015 when I was sitting at my desk downtown New York with the life that some people could only dream of. Here I have it. I literally have it. And it's not what I expect. So again, that just ties back into the story and really understanding who you are. So yes, I wish we had more emphasis just on helping young people, first generation generational graduate helping you guys find your voice through understanding your story mm. it's difficult trying to put all the pieces together especially when you, you feel alone you feel lost you feel abandoned you feel unsupported you feel like you're in this world alone mm. I've been there plenty of times probably too many times but on the end of the spectrum what I know like I know like I know is you'll be fine mm. You won't be the first and you definitely won't be the last. So I just hope to be of support and just be a positive reinforcement that whatever you may be going through, you may be facing that there's a lot of good in you. And it's okay to feel upset, to feel angry, to feel sad, to feel that you're just not where you're supposed to be at, to be disappointed in people, to just be disappointed in life. It's okay to feel that way. I wish, you know, I, 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 mental health is really big, but I feel like we should put more emphasis on emotional health, too. Because, mm. again, people don't express themselves. In mid-conversation the other day, a lady asked me, a senior person at a church asked me, just in line. She said, oh, my gosh, baby, are you okay? And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not. Because I was having, like, a rough day, you know? And she just looked at me, and she just said, you going to be okay. Mm. And the old me probably would have been like, Man, why would you say that? Like, you don't know what I'm experiencing right now. But the more present, the more intentional, the more aware the thorn. Again, you have to learn how to create healthy, satisfying boundaries that's going to work for you. For me, I just don't allow certain stuff to get up under my skin. Because quite honestly, Eve, everyone wasn't on this earth to be able to effectively communicate. You know, like everyone wasn't put on this earth to understand science, understand medicine as to what we do, coaching. People just not built for it, you know. So I understand my lane and I understand the thorn Mm. and I understand my story and where it plays into society. So, yeah. Gosh, I can't it. believe I've said this conversation, but it's like, gosh, this is like such a story. It is. If I need to like put in a book. Yeah. Get it. Hello? <laughs> Don't play. Don't play. We're going to be looking for it since, look, since okay. you didn't put it out there. We're going to be looking for it. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And I yeah. can like go below the iceberg. Yeah, giving yourself, the ch- giving yourself chills. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but it has been an absolute pleasure. It always is to just connect with you and to talk with you and to continue to unfold and discover and learn and evolve, you know, as people with you because you just I think just that dope. And again, I'm 
so glad to just catch up and to get a yet another glimpse into who DeThorne Young is, but to get on the level, I'm like, whoo, wow. Okay, you just hit me over the head with that one. But yeah, you really did. But it's it's empowering. And if somebody needs your story, so I'm glad that you're telling it because it matters. But we are, you know, grateful for you. And I'm sure that if you will, just tell us really quickly how to find you on the internet space. Oh my gosh. So yes, you guys, um, although I haven't been posting as of lately, I have been in like content creating mode. So with that being said, you can follow me guys at Twitter. My name is at Dethorn underscore inspire. That is at D-E-T-H-O-R-N underscore inspire. You guys can also follow me on Instagram where my name is Dethorn Inspire without the underscore. So just remember, with Instagram, there's no underscore. At Twitter, there's an underscore Inspire. And you can also find me on YouTube where I'm building out my YouTube channel just at my regular name, Dethorn Young. Awesome, awesome. Well, Dethorn, again, thank you for being here, for being you. Keep going, good brother, and all that you do. And just know we in the first gen lounge, we got your back. Oh, thank you guys and God bless.